Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same top menu, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. And the link for that is a mailing list sign-up. All right. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we're continuing our reading in Chapter 16, The Forgiveness of Illusions, with Section 3, The Magnitude of Holiness. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, which is today is Lesson 179. In Review 5, with the centralized thought, centralizing thought, God is but love. And therefore, so am I. We review lessons 167 and 168. All right. Okay. With us in reading this morning, <clears throat> I have Lori, Fran, Robin Marie, Karen, and Judy, also Leanne and Jessica. With us and listening is Lana, and uh, I guess Harrison will be after Jessica on the reading list. Yes, the last. Okay, uh, is that everyone? Did I miss somebody or get that? Messed up. Anyone who would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Okay. Well, <clears throat> I'll get us started then. In Chapter 16, The Forgiveness of Illusion, with Section 3. The Magnitude of Holiness, paragraph 10. You still think holiness is difficult because you cannot see how it can be extended to include everyone. And you have learned that it must include everyone to be holy. Concern yourselves not with the extension of holiness for the nature of miracles you do not understand nor do you do them. It is their extension, far beyond the limits you perceive, that demonstrates you did not do them. Why should you worry how the miracle extends to all the sonship 
when you do not understand the miracle itself. One attribute is no more difficult to understand than is the whole. If miracles are at all, their attributes would have to be miraculous being part of them. Lori. Chapter 16, The Forgiveness of Illusions. Section 3, The Magnitude of Holiness. Paragraph 10. You still think holiness is difficult because you cannot see how it can be extended to include everyone. And you have learned that it must include everyone to be holy. Concern yourselves not with the extension of holiness for the nature of miracles you do not understand nor do you do them. It is their... Nor do you do them. It is their extension, far beyond the limits you perceive, that demonstrates you did not do them. Why should you worry how the miracle extends to all the sonship when you do not understand the miracle itself? One attribute is no more difficult to understand than is the whole. If miracles are at all, their attributes would have to be miraculous, being part of them. 11. There is a tendency to fragment and then to be concerned about the truth of just a little part of the whole. And this is but a way of avoiding or looking away from the whole to what you think might be, you might be better able to understand. For this is but another way in which you would still try to keep understanding to yourself. A better and far more helpful way to think of miracles is this. You do not understand them, either in part or whole, yet you have done them. Therefore, your understanding cannot be necessary. Yet it is still impossible to accomplish what you do not understand, and so there must be something in you that does understand. Thank you, Lori. And Fran? 11. There is a tendency to fragment and then to be concerned about the truth of just a little part of the whole. And this is but a way of avoiding or looking away from the whole to what you think you might be better able to understand. For this is but another way in which you would still try to keep understanding to yourself. A better and far more helpful way to think of miracles is this. You do not understand them, either in part or whole, yet you have done them. Therefore, your understanding cannot be necessary. Yet it is still impossible to accomplish what you do not understand. And so there must be something in you that does understand. 12. To you the miracle cannot seem natural because what you have done to hurt your minds has made them so unnatural that they do not remember what is natural to them. And when you are told about it, you cannot understand it. The recognition of the part as whole and of the whole in every part is perfectly natural. For it is the way God thinks, and what is natural to him is natural to you. 
Holy natural perception would show you instantly that order of difficulty in miracles is quite impossible, for it involves a contradiction of what miracles mean. And if you can understand their meaning, their attributes could hardly cause you perplexity. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Twelve. To you, the miracle cannot seem natural because what you have done to hurt your minds has made them so unnatural that they do not remember what is natural to them. And when you are told about it, you cannot understand it. The recognition of the part as whole and of the whole in every part is perfectly natural. For it is the way God thinks, and what is natural to him is natural to you. Holy natural perception would show you instantly that order of difficulty in miracles is quite impossible, for it involves a contradiction of what miracles mean. And if you could understand their meaning, their attributes could hardly cause you perplexity. 13. You have done miracles, but it is quite apparent that you have not done them alone. You have succeeded whenever you have reached another mind and joined with it. When two minds join as one and share one idea equally, the first link in the awareness of the sonship as one has been made. When you have made this joining as the Holy Spirit bids you, and have offered it to him to use as he knows how, his natural perception of your gift enables him to understand it and you to use his understanding on your behalf. It is impossible to convince you of the reality of what has clearly been accomplished through your willingness, as long as you believe that you must understand it or else it is not real. Thank you, Robin Murray. And Karen. 13. You have done miracles, but it is quite apparent that you have not done them alone. You have succeeded. Whenever you have reached another mind and joined with it, When two minds join as one and share one idea equally, the first link in the awareness of the sonship as one has been made. When you have made this joining as the Holy Spirit bids you and have offered it to him to use as he knows how, his natural perception of your gift enables him to understand it and you to use his understand to use his understanding on your behalf it is impossible to convince you of the reality of what has clearly been accomplished through your willingness as long as you believe that you must understand it or else it is not real 14 you think your lack of understanding is lost to you 
and so you are unwilling to believe that what has happened is true. But can you really believe that all that has happened, even though you do not understand it, has not happened? Yet this is your position. You would have perfect faith in the Holy Spirit and in the effects of his teaching if you were not afraid to acknowledge what he taught you. For this acknowledgement means that what has happened you do not understand, but that you are willing to accept it because it has happened. Thank you, Karen. And Judith. Thank you, Lemoyne. You think your lack of understanding is a loss to you, and so you are unwilling to believe that what has happened is true. But can you really believe that all that has happened, even though you do not understand it, has not happened? (laughs) I'm going to read that again. But can you really believe that all that has happened, even though you do not understand it, has not happened? Yet this is your position. You would have perfect faith in the Holy Spirit and in the effects of his teaching if you were not afraid to acknowledge what he taught you. For this acknowledgement means that what has happened you do not understand, but that you are willing to accept it because it has happened. How can faith in reality be yours while you are bent on making it unreal? And are you really safer in maintaining the unreality of what has happened then you would be in joy, joy, <laughs> joyously, in joyously accepting it for what it is and giving thanks for it. Honor the truth that has been given you and be glad you do not understand it. Miracles are natural to God and to the capital one who speaks for him. For his task is for his capital, for his task is to translate the miracle into the knowledge which it represents and which is lost to you. Let his understanding of the miracle be enough for you and do not turn away from all the witnesses that he has given you to his reality. Thank you, Judy. And Jessica. <clears throat> Thanks, Lemoyne. Fifteen. How can faith in reality be yours while you are bent on making it unreal? And are you really safer in maintaining the unreality of what has happened than you would be in joyously accepting it for what it is and giving thanks for it? Honor the truth that has been given you and be glad you do not understand it. Miracles are natural to God and to the one who speaks for him. For his task is to translate the miracle into the knowledge which it represents and which is lost to you. 
Let his understanding of the miracle be enough for you. And do not turn away from all the witnesses that he has given you to his reality. 16. No evidence will convince you of the truth of what you do not want. Yet your relationship with him is real and has been demonstrated. Regard this not with fear, but with rejoicing. The one you called upon is with you. Bid him welcome and honor his witnesses who bring you the glad tidings he has come. It is true, just as you fear, that to acknowledge him is to deny all that you think you know. But it was never true. What gain is there to you in clinging to it and denying the evidence for truth? For you have come too near to truth to renounce it now, and you will yield to its compelling attraction. You can delay this now, but only a little while. The host of God has called to you, and you have heard. Never again will you be wholly willing not to listen. Thank you, Jessica and Harrison. No evidence will convince you of the truth of what you do not want. Yet your relationship with him is real and has been demonstrated. Regard this not with fear but with rejoicing. The one you call upon is with you. Bid him welcome and honor his witnesses who bring you the glad tidings he has come. It is true just as you fear, that to acknowledge him is to deny all that you think you know. But it was never true. What gain is there to you in clinging to it and denying the evidence for truth? For you have come too near to truth to denounce, to renounce it now, and you will yield to its compelling attraction. You can delay this now, but only a little while. The, cult, the host of God has called to you. And you have heard, <clears throat> never again will you be holy, willing, not to listen. Seventeen, 
This is a year of joy in which your listening will increase and peace will grow with this increase. The power of holiness and the weakness of attack have both been brought into awareness. And this has been accomplished and minds firmly convinced that holiness is weakness and attack is power. Should not this be a sufficient miracle to teach you that your teacher's capital T is not of you? But remember also that whenever you have listened to his interpretation, the results have brought you joy. Would you prefer the results of your interpretation? Considering honestly what they have been, God wills you better. Could you not look with greater charity on whom God loves with perfect love? Thank you, Harrison. And is there a new reader for 17 and 18? This is Sandra. I can do it. Great. Please go ahead, Sandra. Um, I just have to get my glasses. Sorry. I forget that I can't see anymore. (laughs) No problem. Okay. It's Karen. I might be hearing things, but I thought there was a reader before Jessica that you didn't call on. Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Well, it's Leanne. No problem. Sorry, Leanne. I'll I'll wait and (laughs) go ahead. I'll have you do 18 and 19. All right. Okay. Go ahead, Sandra. Oh, you want me to read now or Leanne? Um, you to do seventeen eighteen, and then we'll have Leanne do eighteen nineteen. Thank you, Karen. Oh. <clears throat> this is a year of joy in which your listening will increase, and peace will grow with its increase. The power of holiness and weakness of attack have both been brought into awareness. And this has been accomplished in minds firmly convinced that holiness is weakness and attack is power. Should not this be a sufficient miracle to teach you that your teacher is not of you? But remember 
also that whenever you have listened to his interpretation, the results have brought you joy. Would you prefer the results of your interpretation, considering honestly what they have been? God wills you better. Could you not look with greater charity on whom God loves, with perfect love? 18. Do not interpret against God's love, for you have many witnesses which speak of it so clearly that only the blind and deaf could fail to see and hear them. This year, determine not to deny what has been given you by God. Awake and share it. For that is the only reason he has called to you. His voice has spoken clearly, and yet you have so little faith in what you heard because you have preferred to place still greater faith in the disaster you have made. Today, let us resolve together to accept the joyful tidings that disaster is not real and that reality is not disaster. Thank you, Sandra and Leanne. Uh, 18. Do not interpret against God's love. For you have many witnesses which speak of it so clearly that only the blind and deaf could fail to see and hear them. This year, determine not to deny what has been given you by God. Awake and share it. For that is the only reason he has called to you. His voice has spoken clearly, and yet you have so little faith in what you heard because you have preferred to place still greater faith in the disaster you have made. Today, let us resolve together to accept joyful tidings that disaster is not real and that reality is not disaster. Reality, paragraph 19, reality is safe and sure and wholly kind to everyone and everything. There is no greater love than to accept this and be glad. For love asks only that you be happy and will give you everything that makes for happiness. You have never given any problem to the Holy Spirit he has not solved for you, nor will you ever do so. You have never tried to solve anything yourself and been successful. Is it not time you brought these facts together and made sense of them? Thank you, Leanne. And uh, is there another new reader for 19 and 20? New reader for 19 and 20?
Okay, back to you, Lori. Well, with joy. Reality is safe, sure, and holy, kind to everyone and everything. There is no greater love than to accept this and be glad for love asks only that you be happy and will give you everything that makes for happiness. You have never given any problem to the Holy Spirit. He has not solved for you, nor will you ever do so. You have never tried to solve anything yourself and been successful. Is it not time you brought these facts together? and made sense of them? 20. This is a year for the application of the ideas which have been given you. For the ideas are mighty forces to be used and not held idly by. They have already proved their power sufficiently for you to place your faith in them and not in their denial. This year, invest in truth and let it work in peace. Have faith in what has faith in you. Think what you've really seen and heard and recognize it. Can you be alone with witnesses like these? Thank you, Lori. And Fran. 20. This is the year for the application of the ideas which have been given you. For the ideas are mighty forces to be used and not held idly by. They have already proved their power sufficiently for you to place your faith in them and not in their denial. This year, invest in truth and let it work in peace. Have faith in what has faith in you. Think what you have really seen and heard and recognized can you be alone with witnesses like these? Well, thank you, friend. And, uh, Yeah, I think to summarize this, um, I'm just going to stay with the with the end, not that the front part uh, is different, but to sort of cut to the chase. <laughs> All right, from. Uh, I'll go back to 15. How can faith in reality be yours while you are bent on making it unreal? And 16. No evidence will convince you of the truth of what you do not want. Yet your relationship with him, the Holy Spirit, is real and has been demonstrated. <clears throat> Regard this not with fear, but with rejoicing. The one you called upon is with you. 
for you have come too near to truth to renounce it now, and you will yield to its compelling attraction. You can delay this now, but only a little while. The host of God has called to you, and you have heard. Never again will you be wholly willing not to listen. 17. This is a year of joy in which your listening will increase and peace will grow with its increase. The power of holiness and the weakness of attack have both been brought into awareness. And this has been accomplished in minds firmly convinced that holiness is weakness and attack is power. Should not this be a sufficient miracle to teach you that your teacher is not of you? But remember also that when you have listened to his interpretation, the results have brought you joy. Would you prefer the results of your interpretation, considering honestly what they have been? God wills you better. Could you not look with greater charity on whom God loves with perfect love? Do not interpret against God's love, for you have many witnesses which speak of it so clearly only the blind and deaf could fail to see and hear them. This year, determine not to deny what has been given you by God. Awake and share it, for that is the only reason he has called to you. Today, let us resolve together to accept the joyful tidings that disaster is not real and that reality is not disaster. Reality is safe and sure and wholly kind to everyone and everything. There is no greater love than to accept this and be glad. <clears throat> For love asks only that you be happy and will give you everything that makes for happiness. You have never given any problem to the Holy Spirit that he has not solved for you, nor will you ever do so. You have never tried to solve anything by yourself alone and been successful. Is it not time you brought these facts together and made sense of them? This is the year for the application of the ideas which have been given you. For the ideas are mighty forces to be used and not held idly by. They have proved their power sufficiently for you to place your faith in them and not in their denial. This year, invest in truth and let it work in peace. Have faith in what has faith in you. Think what you have really seen and heard and recognized. Can you be alone with witnesses like these? Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Amen. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all, and I think that that brings us right up to the top of the hour, um, where we focus on the 
review five and and uh, that centralizing thought, God is the love, and therefore so am I. So, friend, would you lead the, lead us in the lesson now? Sure. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we're on review five, and today's lesson, lesson 179. God is but love, and therefore so am I. And then we will review lesson 167. There is one life, and that I share with God. God is but love, and therefore so am I. And then lesson 168. Your grace is given me. I claim it now. God is but love, and therefore so am I. So I shall read some from the introduction, and then we'll do our five-minute practice on the lesson. We remind the world that it is free of all illusions every time we say, God is but love, and therefore so am I. With this, we start each day of our review. With this, we start and end each period of practice time. And with this thought, we sleep, to waken once again with these same words upon our lips to greet another day. No thought that we review, but we surround with it and use the thoughts to hold it up before our minds and keep it clear in our remembrance throughout the day. And thus, when we have finished this review, we will have recognized the words we speak are true. Yet by the words that aids and to be used, except at the beginning and the end of practice periods, but to recall the mind as needed to its purpose. We place faith in the experience that comes from practice, not the means we use. We wait for the experience and recognize that it is only here conviction lies. We use the words and try and try again to go beyond them to their meaning, which is far beyond their sound. The sound grows dim and disappears as we approach the source of meaning. It is here that we find rest. Now we'll go over to our lesson. Lesson 179, God is but love, and therefore so am I. There is one life, and that I share with God. God is but love, and therefore so am I. Your grace is given me. I claim it now. God is but love, and therefore... So am I. We'll take our five-minute practice now.
Lesson 179. God is but love, and therefore so am I. There is one life, and that I share with God. God is but love, and therefore so am I. Your grace is given me. I claim it now. God is but love, and therefore so am I. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran. Fran, did you want to say something? Oh, not not right now, no. Go ahead, say something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just Uh-oh. checking. You know, as I was listening to this and listening to the reading and where it says that we are afraid of what the Holy Spirit is teaching us, and I thought, what am I, what's the Holy Spirit teaching me that I'm afraid of? And you know what it is? I'm afraid of freedom. Real freedom. True freedom, which is what these lessons and what this book is telling me, that I am completely free. The Son of God is completely free. That there's, there's nothing out there that can judge or blame or that we're free and and for me I mean I've been programmed first of all in not to be responsible that other people were responsible that I had to obey which is not really freedom um, and that if I didn't obey I was going to get punished which again is not freedom and and then if and then not only was I going to get punished but I would get judged too so of course I'm 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 afraid of freedom and I see uh, so much lack of responsibility um, in others and and sometimes in myself because I want to blame I want to project and uh, and so really what I'm coming to is that we're afraid of freedom. And for me to totally believe in freedom, in my free will, I have to have faith in God's reality, not in my reality, because God's reality is is all-inclusive, is non-judgmental. So that is but love, and therefore so am I, is the grace that I share with God. Because love is all-inclusive. It doesn't judge or blame. It takes full responsibility for its reality. Love is complete freedom. And then it says, disaster is not real. 
and reality is not disaster. I mean, if I go over those words in my head, when I even call something a disaster, it's a judgment. And in that so-called disaster are hundreds of miracles, possible miracles. There is one life and that I share with God because God is in everything I see. And the part that I play is, is to see the connection of God, to see the connection of love in all things and have faith in God's reality, which is all-inclusive and doesn't judge. I'm complete. Well, that was great. Thank you so much. Loved it. Thank you, Sandra. Love Just, it. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Priyana. Thank you, Sandra. Good morning. It's Anna. Um This section we read, and also, you know, the lesson, you know, it's like how many times do I have to hear God is love, and therefore so am I. You know, it's it's an absolute truth, and any time, any thought or belief that I have invariance to that, uh, you know, that's the troublemaker. That's what causes the conflict and 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 destroys my peace because I'm trying to function um, not in harmony with my natural self. I'm naturally loved because I'm a creation of God. Therefore, everything is love. And anytime I fight against that, I want it to be something different than it is, you know, I, I can run into trouble. And, um, and the section today on, you know, just uh, on the, the backdrop of understanding miracles, um, there's somewhere in the Course, I'm not sure where, where Jesus says first understanding, I mean, first forgiveness, then understanding. Uh, and when you think about it, it makes so much sense because, you know, how can I understand anything with an unhealed mind, you know, with a mind of confusion and conflict and doubt? Um, nothing will become clear to me. But um, in the miracle, I love um, I love this section because it reminds me of, um, you know, that, that love is the inspiration for miracles. You know, love is like a, a seed I plant in my mind, and that seed contains everything that's necessary to grow that flower or to grow that tree or to grow a life that's peaceful and happy. And I don't have to do anything other than, you know, with put that seed in the ground and water it and let the sunshine in on it. You know, I, I, I dare not interfere with the creative process because once I bring love in the mix with anything, anything unlike love disappears because love is that healing remedy in every situation. You know, so I plant the seed of love um, through extending a miracle, through offering a miracle, through asking for a miracle, 
And because of the oneness of mind and the oneness of who we are, it naturally goes out to everyone. I don't, I don't have to designate this is for everyone, not just so-and-so. Um, it can't not go out to everyone because we're all included in the one mind of God. You know, so understanding, you know, it's like um, conception. You know, once the egg is fertilized in the body of the mother, you know, just stay out of the way. You know, feed your body, take care of your body, and let the creative process happen. It happens naturally when we don't interfere. And and it's the same way with, with I think, miracles. You know, I don't have to understand them. I just have to know that they work. And, and God and Jesus even says, do not interpret against God's love. That's in paragraph 18. Do not interpret anything um, in conflict with God's love because you're like you're like digging up the seed and throwing it away. <laughs> you know, um, you know, just let the process. I uh, if I just let the process go on in its natural unfoldment the miracle happens, the miracle occurs, and the healing as an effect of the miracle happens as, as well. And I like that um, as far as witnesses and evidence, where he says in paragraph 19, you have never given any problem to the Holy Spirit. He has not solved for you, nor will you ever do so. And this is so true, the fact that uh, regardless of what so-called calamities and, and illnesses and circumstances that have ever shown up in my life. Here I am this morning sitting here talking to you guys. I'm safe, I'm at peace, and there hasn't been anything. You know, his batting average is a 1,000, his Holy Spirit is his. So I don't have to worry um, that the miracle is not going to occur because there isn't anything that I've ever asked him. I mean, I don't remember all the circumstances or how it was resolved, but the fact that I'm still here is evidence and proof that he did solve it. You know, he did walk me through them. And, um, you know, so I can trust that. And he will continue to. I don't have to understand the mechanics of a miracle. I just have to plant that seed of love to um, ignite the process of creation and healing. And everything returns to, as what Judy says, it's, my mind returns to its original factory <laughs> condition, um, you know, the way it was. So anyhow, I'll stop babbling. Um, so I'm complete. It was a wonderful read today. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lana. Yes. I just had uh, a text. So I'm sorry, Robert. Go ahead. I just had a text from my son. He's got a really sore finger um, and last night he couldn't sleep. He says he has a dentist appointment and then he's going to the ER in Willits because his finger is extremely hurt. He thinks that it is an internal infection. And I wrote back and I said, well, I, you know, I'll be praying healing for you. And he wrote back, whatever. So <laughs> I would really appreciate um if you held Jonathan in, in, in that love of God, because 
he's gone through a lot of physical things, including getting off drugs and getting off alcohol and having teeth that fell, fell out that he's now trying to fix. And it just um, would be nice if he could just be sailing along a little bit without so many uh, conflicting things happening in his life. So I would ask that because I believe that God wants him, that he is healed, right? That he is whole and healed and that, and that that will happen. And that's one of those things, Lana, that you said thousands of times. And yes, it has happened with me and especially with my family members thousands of times. But I'm asking again to have him upheld. His name is Jonathan. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Certainly. Yes. Feeling whole and perfect and healed and aware of God. This is Ida. Hi, good morning. With regard to myself, is that I may blame my attitudes on my circumstances, but I notice that that's kind of an excuse. Um, My attitudes come first, and then I co-create or whatever. Those things happen to me which give me a reason to have that attitude, but the attitude came first. I don't know how that's said in the course, but that's a truth for me. Thank you, Uncle. Thank you, Ida. Beautiful, Ida. That's taking responsibility. Thank you, Ida. Good morning, everyone. It's Jude. Um, God is but love, and therefore, so am I. There is one life, and that I share with God. Um, I'd like to start there. Um, I asked myself, what is life, God, this morning, and um, what what is my life? What is my reality? What makes me live? And I was inspired that's how I was created. I was inspired. Um, you know, we can use metaphors only because words are twice removed from the reality of it. Uh, words and sounds. And thank you, France, for leading the, the lesson today because you read that part of the introduction, which I've been taking to heart, going to the language list language of the heart that's beyond words, beyond symbols, beyond beyond images, and that we are created in spirit, purely mind, a part of the holy mind of God. That is my life that's eternal, immortal, limit without limit, without boundaries, without a beginning or an end. It isn't born and it isn't it doesn't die. Um and then 
God is but love, and therefore so am I. Your grace is given me. I claim it now. And I, I love that word, grace. I, I've learned from um, relaxing and, and resting in, in the peace of God and learning to understand that came from a teacher not of me, which I really loved reading in the text today because I know I can testify to the truth of that, that what I've learned is so far beyond um, words, language, beyond teaching even. What is known is known as itself. And the Holy Spirit that in, in, unity, in the unity and the state of grace has bestowed or restored my memory of who I am in God. And that, it's beyond words, but um, it's truly experienceable. And it's all-encompassing, and it's gentle, and it's kind, and it's welcoming, and it holds no ill thoughts of anything, about anything in it. And it's that... um, I, I come to it in, with an open heart and with an open mind and welcome it. And then it transforms transforms everything that I've learned from the past. I, I just love the, um, the way the reading speaks of this. How can my faith in reality be mine? Well, I'm bent on making it unreal. You know, when I continue to insist that the reality of the world is what's happening, you know, that I'm getting sick and I'm a body and I'm dying and this is my reality. And I think, Sandra, when you said, what, what is it that I'm afraid of? I asked myself that and, and then I just went a couple more paragraphs down and, you know, it's letting go of everything that I think I know. Everything that I think I know about myself, who I think I am. Everything that I think I've learned from the world about how I should think, everything I have to let go. I have to deny this world as I know it because none of it's true. It was never true. To acknowledge him is to deny all that you think you know, but it was never true. And what gain is there to you in clinging to it and denying the evidence for truth in you? And this really means a lot to me because it's, it's, I won't, I won't tell you why it will take me too long, but um, that word clinging to it reminded me of, 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 of times I've read, that we've read together in the text, that this world is the crucifixion of the Son of God. We came here not, and forgot who we were and tried to find ourselves in something that we're not and crucified ourselves. Time and time and time again. It's a dream of judgment. Judging ourselves as something we're not. And to wake up from this dream. So um, not to cling to the world and to um, learn um, how to be happy, joyous, and free. This is just so, it's rocking me, rocking me this morning. And um, did all... Um, there's two ways, two ways of seeing came really clear to me this morning. And, and um, that perception, all of perception, 
through the body's eyes, through thinking I'm a body, and judging the world through the perceptions of the body is limited. Limited in a fear-based perception. It's based on a false sense of, a, of self-appraisal. And it's too little for me. And this chapter speaks of the holiness, the magnitude of holiness, the magnitude of how holy we are as created in God's mind, as one with him, all together now, eternally and forever. <laughs> that we have okay. Um, Thank you. I just wanted to say that one thing with Jonathan is that he has had two of his good friends commit suicide. His dad thought about suicide. Our next-door neighbor committed suicide when Jonathan was, like, really small, like about eight months old. And I just would like um, prayer that, you know, or just an awareness that God has uh, created Jonathan for a purpose and that his body is here for a purpose. And I like the way um, Lana, Lana said, an awareness, give him an awareness of how amazing it is to be on earth right now. We have just a little flash in the pan where we're here. And that he could feel that today. And thank you so much for letting me share. I've got to go to work now. Bye. Thank you, Robin. Bye, Robin Marie. Thank you so much. Oh, bye, Robin Marie. Yes, thank you. We'll do. Bye. Thank you. And yeah, I I know. I know you have to go now, Robin Marie, but yeah, I would like to do that. I would like to ask us to uh, um, to pull together here <clears throat> and say, today let us resolve together to accept the joyful tidings that disaster is not real and that reality is not disaster. Reality is safe and sure and wholly kind to everyone and everything. There is no greater love than to accept this and be glad. And so I'd like to, to take a minute, actually, and hold this as best we can hold it and uh, extend it to Jonathan, who's in that, in that multiple disaster mode that makes the world appear like it's here to crucify the Son of God, but that is false perception. So let us do what we can to hold the true perception of him and his situation and just take a minute to recognize reality is safe and sure and wholly kind and hold that send it to Jonathan. Take a minute. Uh. <laughs> Thanks, Lemoy. Thank you, Lemoy.
Well, thank you. Thank you for investing in truth and letting it work in you. And the floor is open. Thank you, Lemoyne. It's amazing the way ideas grow when we share them. So thank you for that opportunity. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I keep, I may be projecting my experience on it, but you know, I keep thinking metal splinter. I've gotten them in a finger joint, and that is one of the most painful little things that can happen. Anyway, um, I trust it will all resolve. Sense of lesson and giving and receiving is one there. thinking about what Robin Marie said about her sense saying whatever and how many times I've heard people say that whatever um, in regards to blessings and being blessed and acknowledging you know a higher power a, a higher um, reasoning a higher understanding a higher um, level of awareness, you know, that love is and all the goodness that is is in creation. And, um, you know, but that line in the text that says, no evidence will convince you of the truth of what you do not want. And that is so true that if I want to believe that I'm miserable, you're not going to talk me out of it. You're just simply not. And God doesn't even try. It says so in the text. God will not trump my misery. And I'm not gonna I am not gonna try and trump somebody else's misery because I know from my own personal experience that you couldn't talk me out of it. And I didn't no no evidence no evidence would convince me of the truth. The truth set me free when I was ready for it, when I wanted it, when I was sick of making myself miserable. But the ego, you know, the ego will take you to the last house on the last street on the last block. As long as you want to believe in the gifts of the world, in material things, in personal satisfaction, achievements, money, property, prestige, it's like, you know, buy it. Claim it. Claim it and cling to it. And that's what the ego teaches. The reality of the world as we know it. That we think it's, quote, reality, unquote. And, you know, the the totality of the illusion is spoken of in this. Miracles. Miracles are everywhere all the time. That God's expressing his love to us in every manifestation that we see, everywhere, all day long, every every hour in every place. And it's but we don't see that with vision because our perceptual interpretation, egoic perceptual interpretation is limiting us to objects 
outside of ourselves. It's a me and the world, me and everything other than me. There's no oneness or unicity or a state of grace in that. It's all idol-seeking, Jude included. And I know exactly what that means because I fell into hell so deep and my misery maker was so was made so acutely aware to me that <laughs> I burned down the house. Thanks, enough out of me. I'm just had too much coffee. <laughs> I'll be quiet now. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. That sure is true. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Thank you all. Uh, this is Harrison. Finally figured something out today. Um, I've always sort of had a question in my mind about grace what it means, what it is. Today's lesson of grace is given me, I claim it now. And it just occurred to me that grace is really a free pass. It's like being able to walk to the Subway turnstile and wave my hand and walk right through. Your grace has given me I claim it now. And then I'm reading. Just reminded me that I'm entitled to miracles. And when they do not occur, something has gone wrong. Miracles are natural. But they're not something that I do consciously. Miracles only occur when I realize the truth of who I am, who my brother is, and that we are as God created us. Always, some miracles and specific applications uh, a miracle fixes this, a miracle fixes that. But for me, it's a miracle undoes my belief in the illusion. Whatever form that illusion may present to me. The miracle undoes the 
belief in the whole illusion. It doesn't pick out specific parts of the illusion because there are no specific parts in the illusion. You have done miracles, but it is quite apparent that you have not done them alone. To you, the miracle cannot seem natural because what you have done hurt your minds, has made them so miracles so unnatural that they do not remember what is natural to them. It's another place in the Course where it says miracles occur naturally. When they do not occur, something has gone wrong. So what is my role in allowing miracles to occur naturally? I just have to get out of the way. I have to remove my concepts of what miracles are, of when they are needed, and how they are needed. The miracle is really the acceptance of the truth of who we are. And that undoes sickness, death, attack, it's, it's not selecting out one part of the illusion and applying a miracle to that one part of the illusion to the miracle there is no illusion and the real miracle is to recognize that fact that there is no illusions. There are no bodies. There is no world. Some of my friends and 
Thank you, Harrison. Oh, thank you, Harrison. You remind me of the chapter that sin is an adjustment sin being being separate from God and trying to adjust the world according to my um, perception of my needs and my wants, that sin is an adjustment. And we go about trying to adjust ourselves to the world and control the world and, and according to our needs and our wants. And um, you really illuminated that very well to me today. Thank you, Harrison that um, we choose not to change the world, but to change how we look at the world through the eyes of vision and through the voice speaking of the truth of us, to us, in us, as us. We are the truth, the way, and the light. We are the projector of the great projection of the world. And as I know myself, I will know everything in God's creation as myself. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Yes, thank you, Judy. Hi, Ken. Um, I just want to say. Thank you, Judy, for the share before this last one, especially. Um, I just love it when you quote the text and then you take some small thought and expand on it like you did when you said that, you know, if my ego wants to deny the miracles or deny the thought of God, that no matter how much evidence to the contrary, how many miracles, it won't take them in. Um, and I, I really loved in the reading today how it was talking about, um, I don't have to understand anything. You know, we, the ego mind always dissects everything and tries to fragment it so that it can pretend to understand some little part of something. But the shift to, it, it isn't necessary to understand. I just give everything over to the divine. All that I am, I offer to the divine. All that there is. Um, understanding is its just another trick of the ego because it's a pretense. It's, a, it's 
subjective it isn't necessarily anything until we hit knowledge um, so in our in our natural state this is the other point that I really love is our natural state our natural state is joyful and peaceful and sees and appreciates beauty everywhere and we've been trained to see such a different way through such different um, perception that the miracle is only to return us to our natural state, to awareness of our natural state, which we've never lost, but that we have lost um, the ability to appreciate sometimes. That's enough out of me. I'm complete. Thank you. Karen? Thank you. And yes, thank you, Karen and Lana for that. Restore us to our natural factory settings. <laughs> That's ground, ground zero, um, the background of everything, from where everything comes, the creator and us as co-creators with God, creating in love and joy and peace and honor and appreciation of our unicity in a state of grace. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thanks for that. Well, I really need the truth this morning because I don't have my meds. That's only half serious. Only half serious. Because I take anti-depression meds and the thing about that is that, yeah, I'll get them in a few hours. Uh, not yet, but um, uh, the thing about that is that uh, I don't think they do that much. You know, I'm taking them and taking them and taking them and taking them, and I get very depressed anyway sometimes, you know. So, um, well, you know what Jesus says about all that stuff. That is magic. It only works because you believe in it, like magic. As the magician does on stage, right? Um, and uh, I think my believing in it is wearing a little thin. I don't know how much longer I'll be on it, but for now I am. And I accept and I'm grateful because I'm currently not ready for a complete healing, like Jesus said. A complete healing all at once of everything that, you know, I have. Everything I ever had or whatever that was bothering me. So, um, that's the way I see it. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. 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 What's really helped me, Ida, is um, recognizing the source of thought of kinds of thoughts and the lessons have helped all of us I'm sure with this discernment on whose behalf does a depressing thought come it's from the ego source and it's um, never from the mind of God and the mind of God that my my real mind my Christ mind that's always connected to God knows what depression is knows what insanity is and can and 
can see the difference and the contrast. And by calling on the Holy Spirit, I've learned to trust and depend upon my teacher. This need not be. This need not be. Only my thoughts can hurt me. And I can choose to think otherwise in a different way. So on whose behalf do these thoughts of worry come up? On whose behalf do these thoughts of concern come up? And it, it, it really helps me to sort out the, um, the truth of it, where it's coming from. Because true thoughts are always loving thoughts. And they come from, they, they belong in the mind that thinks with God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Judy, so much. Thank you, Judy. And you know, um, Ida, what, what seems to help me is, um, you know, depression, uh, I think of as just being dispirited. It's weariness. We exhaust ourselves in trying and efforting to make things different than they are. When um, I have moments like that, I uh, and I'm not saying this in a um, hope out of hopelessness, but I give up. I give up the fight. I give it all up to God in hopefulness. And I may just, you know, I may binge watch something on Netflix. I might read. I rest in God because those words are so uplifting. But just um, to, I forgot that I need to do nothing. You know, most of the time uh, I exhaust myself in not only trying to do something, but thinking that I can do something as an ego to remedy anything about my present situation. So it's not in, in resist. It's when I resist what is, it just makes it so much stronger and heavier and more exhausting. <laughs> um, I just go make myself a dish of ice cream and watch Grey's Anatomy for a few days <laughs> or a few hours and just get my mind free of everything and, and let God step in. When I get out of the way, God has a way of stepping in and fixing everything that my crazy mind has messed up. So <laughs> when all else fails, do nothing. <laughs> I'm complete. Lana, that was great. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Thank you. Excellent. Driving, thank driving, you. driving. Yeah, thank you, Lana. We we get enamored of uh, <clears throat> of uh, some kind of adage like uh, "Don't just sit there, do something." When <laughs> in the end, it turns into <laughs> "Don't just do something, sit there, you know, be still." <laughs> that you might see the greater picture or just know that we've done our part and let the let the whole be and don't try to change it. Yeah, I was writing this morning and the thought came to me that um, I, I pictured Jesus just shaking his head and wondering, you know, how long does it take to learn how to do nothing? You know? <laughs> And um, apparently, for for me, it takes a while. 
um, gluten free. Yeah, thanks. Me too. I have the. <laughs> any of you know the Bible story about Mary and I guess her sister Martha? Mary was the one who sat and listened to Jesus. Um, Martha was the one who did the housekeeping. And I used to be more like Mary. <laughs> now I'm more like Martha. I want to get things done. I want to, but, but you know, all that stuff. I want to control things. I want to, quote, unquote, make a difference in my life, if not in the life of the whole world, you know. So, um, yeah, it's exactly what you were saying, folks, uh, that I um, have a hard time now sitting still, meditating, resting in God. I say the words. But I wait until I'm exhausted, you know, like <laughs> for some reason I am this morning. I'm still pretty darn early here and I haven't done that much. So I just have to be like Mary, rest and hear the word, the divine word, you know, and uh, put it in the hands of the Holy Spirit, whatever I think I need to get done, you know, today that's so important, whatever. Um, thanks. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Yes, thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. I love what you shared, Lana, about um, being weary from trying or even just wanting it. You don't have to actually be physically trying to do it, to change anything. Just thinking about it is exhausting. Um, And that's what happened to me with my body pain. I thought about it till my mind was exhausted and just collapsing into that surrender, that total giving up of everything I thought I knew about pain, about fixing pain, about how I should act, whether I should or shouldn't do exercise, whether I should or shouldn't sit on the couch and and not feel the pain that way. And it's like just totally giving it up. And, um, you know, what the text talks about, um, God wills me better than this, you know. But to accept that, my thinking is my will and that my thinking is what makes me unhappy is ground zero too that I have to be aware that um, I'm doing this to myself and that I can choose to be happy no matter what because God has given me everything and that I would not take this one little segment fragment perception of reality and let it ruin my day, let it ruin my state of mind, because that's what Judy's little mind and Judy's little body will do. I can't see, you know, the hundreds of thousands of miracles, God's love expressing itself in all of creation, the birds and the bees and the skies and the clouds and the trees and the ice cream and the TV and the movies that I love and the books that I love, and the people that I love, and the phone that I love holding in my hand. It's like, you know, there's a million of them to be grateful for. 
But I'm going to focus on the one thing that I think I don't have, that I want to be different than what is, what actually is happening. And it talks about that, you know, to see what's not happening is that egoic point of view. I'm seeing through the eyes of interpretation, personal interpretation and distortion. And to just let that go, because I know it's making me miserable, and do nothing. But that, I think, really needs to be understood at ground zero. I am doing this to myself. Only only I can deprive myself. Only I can deny myself of God, of my holiness, of my completion, of my joy, my happiness. Deny and deprive myself of my own happiness. And, you know, that's where it starts to get really laughable. It's like, all righty now, Jude. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Good one, Judy. So any Thank wonder you, he Judy. calls the ego insane. Thank you, Judy. You know, another thing that um, I try to remember is at any moment, any time during the day, I can look within. I can just stop and look within and ask what will bring me peace in this moment, at this moment. You know, and it and it really is... You know, taking care of my spirit, taking care of my soul. It's the self-care in a very positive way, you know. And it could be doing nothing. It could be uh, reading a book. It could be taking a nap. It could be meditation. It could be painting or, you know, I don't know, um, cooking. <laughs> Whatever in that moment will bring me peace uh, to do or not to do, you know, Um whatever brings me peace in that moment. And and just let, you know, 10 minutes from now or a day from now take care of itself. I need only be concerned about who I am in this moment and and follow the inner guidance to what will bring me peace. So that helps me too. I'm complete. Thank, Thank you, Laura. You know, it, which means the mind of, it's like the goal for my life is the peace of God. It is peace. It is not having a perfect house. It is not even avoiding being homeless, although I don't think I will get kicked out of here. They told me they didn't want to do that, and I've already done homelessness 25 years ago when I was around 40 or so, and uh and I don't think I'm here to repeat that uh, lesson uh, that I got from that again. But the goal is inner peace. And that's why, so if I do everything with peace, and I take the time when I have exhausted myself with my mind, worrying about when so-and-so going to show up, what happened to them, or worrying about, oh, are they going to kick me out, or anything, worrying about my kids or anything, right? Um, I need to bring myself back to a state of the peace of God, and God will help me if I ask. God is always there helping me, but especially if I ask 
the whole, give it, turn it over, whatever it is I'm worried about, like you said, to the Holy Spirit. So that's great. Thank you. I'm done. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you. Thanks, Ida. If I'm trusting on Jude's self-reliance, I I get scared and I get worried. But if I trust and rely upon God, I know I'm safe. Thanks, Judy. Amen. Didn't it say that in the reading today? Yeah. Put all his, uh, mm-hmm. all our needs upon him, that's his function, and they will be provided for us. Amen. Thank you all. When I was a little girl, um, my sister and I shared the bedroom, uh, a bedroom in our parents' house, and um, our grandmothers and stuff gave us things and made us things sometimes, my own. My paternal grandmother made little crocheted clothes for my dolls, and she was very sweet. And uh, and my maternal grandmother, who lived on the other side of the state, on the other side of the, the uh, planet in California, I mean, I was on the East Coast, she made a plaque for us, a wall plaque that I remember was hanging from little uh, metal chain in, in our room called a quote from the Bible, cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you, which is basically a sort of old-fashioned way of saying what we're talking about here, what we're talking about here, you know? Exactly. Thank you. Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Yeah, Judy, (laughs) this isn't exactly what you were pointing at, but I like this line. Would you prefer the results? I'll put it in the first person. Would I prefer the results of my interpretation, considering honestly what that has been? It's a low bar, but God wills you better. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's no bar sure, here. to his will. I sure hope he calls me better. <laughs> Thank you. You know, someone told yeah. me once that worrying, worrying is praying for the worst possible outcome. <laughs> My interpretation of what's going to—they call it catastrophizing, or having faith in the disaster. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Lemoyne. So, Lori, let me ask you, do you have a poetic close for this call? I do, Lemoyne, and I'm really happy to share it, but um, no buts about it. I wanted to say um, this specifically, Lana, I am so grateful that you made reference to the seed is planted and the flower grows. Uh, This morning, well, no, two weeks ago, I heard the voice for God say, your faith has made you whole. And for that period of time, I've been looking for uh, the fruit of that. And this morning in my meditation, I was told, look for the harvest. 
And uh, so to hear you speak of seed planted and the flower grows, uh, my mind is syncing up uh, perfectly with the fact that it's my mind uh, that is the soil for this harvest. And when I entertain the thoughts, I think with God, there is no question of the harvest that grows. And by way of closing, I'd like to share this poem from Teresa of Avalon as a bow of homage and the holiness of these two lessons today. There is one life, and that I share with God, and your grace has given me. I claim it now. The poem is, Laughter Came From Every Brick. Just these two words he spoke changed my life. Quote, Enjoy me. What a burden I thought I was to carry. A crucifix, as did he. Love once said to me, I know a song. Would you like to hear it? And laughter came from every brick in the street and from every pore in the sky. After a night of prayer, he changed my life when he sang, Enjoy me. Your grace is given me, I claim it now. Amen. Perfect. Thank you, Lori. Oh, that's gorgeous. Thank you, Lori. What a beautiful end to a beautiful call. Exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to press the, turn off the recording. Call doesn't end. Yeah, that was a beautiful close for the recording. Thank you, Lori.